So, how are you liking retirement? When I see a friend or acquaintance these days, I most often get a question from them that goes something like that. How's retirement going? Believe it or not, it's kind of a tough question to answer. In this episode, I try to answer that question with another recent retiree, Sandy. I think together we can make sense of this for all of you curious people out there. Get off my grass! Welcome to the Old Man's Podcast, where entertainment and information, even motivation, are all written into the script. This is Rocky Streb here, Coach Streb, a lot of people call me. Hey, on the app that you're getting this podcast, can you hit the subscribe button and maybe give it a quick rating when you get done listening to it? Really appreciate that. So what's coming up on this episode? Well, on my mind, I'm answering that question that I frequently get, how's retirement? On mindset for happiness, I want to continue talking about character and specifically focusing in on loyalty. I have a funny list for a funny thing happened to me. It's a funny list of toilet trivia. Yeah, it's just like it sounds, but it's okay. It's good. You'll get a chuckle or two out of it. And of course, we're going to play trivia. I wouldn't make you miss that. Well, there you go. All that's coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. A lot of people have been asking, hey, how's retirement? Well, I really never know how to answer that question because I'm still kind of getting used to exactly what that means. I've noticed with people who have been retired for a while, I don't know, it almost seems like they've forgotten what it's like to not be retired. They've forgotten the working world. That's something you want to forget about pretty quickly, I think. I don't know how I feel about that, but I've only been retired for five months. So for me, the difference between working and being retired is pretty stark. I can definitely tell the difference in my daily life, my daily routine. So going on the premise that more recently retired people can relate better to unretired people, people that aren't retired, to let them know the answer to that question that I frequently get. So how's retirement? I think if I wait too much longer, I won't be able to answer that question because kind of just, how's life? Sandy's going to be with me today as a fellow recently retired. We're both kind of new at this retirement thing. So I think we can together come up with the observations and give people that are wondering uh, what it is like to be retired. If you are listening and you are retired, How close to the mark do you think I'm getting? I'd like to hear from you. It's really easy to do on the Anchor app or on my pod page, my pod page website. Either way, you can leave a voicemail and you can certainly post on the pod page webpage and you can post up on Facebook on the Old Man's Podcast page on Facebook, your thoughts and ideas. I'd like to hear from you anyway, even if I'm right or wrong. Just good to hear from people. So, without further ado, 
Let's go to observations of a newly retired person from Sandy and me. Sandy, how long have you been retired? Uh, since May 2018, so it'll be five years this May. Are you starting to drop off and forget what it was like to work? No, not at all, because I still hang around people that are working, and so I see what they're going through and think, well, hell, you should just retire. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, we'll call this segment observations of a retired person. The very first way I'd answer that question, how's retirement, is the observation that every day seems like Saturday. I don't really know what day it is. It's like there's six Saturdays and one Sunday in a week. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. I have a little calendar sitting next to where I sit and watch TV, whatever, and I have to check and see, okay, all right, today's Monday, all right, I, I, you have no idea, really, you, and my husband still works, so that kind of helps, but, like, he's on vacation this week, so I'm like, what the heck is he doing here, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, it confuses me, because I think, well, it's not a weekend tomorrow, and he's going to be around, so days are obsolete. I, I, got myself in routines where I have, you know, I work out six days a week. So I do certain workouts on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and certain kind of workout on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So in the morning when I get up, I don't know what day it is. And yeah, it, yeah. workout comes around 10 o'clock. So I've got it all written down in a notebook. I look at my calendar. Oh, this is Wednesday. Okay. So this is my workout. And then once I get done with the workout, I'm, I'm back in the same boat. I don't know what day it is. Yeah. And that's just yeah. scary me. Well, do you do this too? You wake up in the morning and you're lying there in bed and you're thinking, I've got no idea. Wait a minute. Yesterday yes. I did this. So, yeah. What, I don't what think do I, that will ever go away. Pam and I keep a full calendar book, like you're saying. This is a yeah. notebook size. And <laughs> we write all kinds of I do. I have to have a visual. Yeah. Everybody says, well, why don't you just use your phone? I, I do use my phone, but I need a visual that oh, encompasses a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Uh, it, so that's my first observation. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you agree with Here's me. my I other observation. Do you set alarm clocks? Now, I wouldn't if it was just up to me, but Sarah, as you know, regiment. We do. Yeah, I, I, we wait. I set an alarm maybe once a month, and then it's like. And are you successful? Do you ever screw up the alarm? No, I'm okay with it. But daylight savings kind of screws me up because, you know, you think, well, you're not working. It shouldn't affect you that much, but it still does. And I think, well, it's not like I'm getting up on a set time. I wake up whenever. I well, it's the sun it. probably coming up, right? You don't wake up in the dark anymore. You wake up, the sun's out. Yeah, don't another, need alarm clocks. No, don't need alarm clocks. I like uh, that observation. Yeah. All right, here's another one. I, I always complained when I was younger how cheap old people were. <laughs> and I really kind of get it now because you kind you, you sort of, I mean, I'm, we're both on a pension, so we have yeah. guaranteed income. But I, I just don't like counting on somebody else. When you got an employer and you got a job, I mean, Companies go out of business and things close down. I mean, that does happen, but it's not the norm. You, you feel like you're in control. As a retired person, you feel like you're not as in control of your income 
and you want to be, because you got more time now, you want to be in complete control of your expenses. So I find myself nitpicking and trying to save every stinking penny possible. Do you notice that? Um, I'm not bad about that, but Boomer is. Um, and I just roll my eyes at him. Um, but, you know, there's the thing, too. When you're working, you're taking your lunch to work. You're not eating out. You know, like, I'll meet people for lunch two or three times a week. And that can kind of get expensive when you're meeting people and eating out all the time. That's true. That's so, true. Other than that, I'm not that stingy and penny-mizing. No. Well, good for you. Yeah. I feel like I'm looking for a deal. Like, I want to go to happy hours. I'm looking for senior discounts. Yeah, that kind of... that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I and guess so. In the past, when I was working, if, you know, a goofy bill came up and it was like 60 bucks and uh, you got charged $60 for the streaming service and I didn't think about it, I didn't know what was going to happen, I didn't call. I didn't complain. I didn't care. I just paid <laughs> it because Friday's payday. Not now. Not now. now. What? What is this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I am seriously. But is that because you have more time to pay attention to this stuff? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In the past, I would have like, I don't have time for this crap. I got yeah. stuff to do at work. Yeah, like I mean, right now, yeah. I am going through the hoops to save $5 a month on my Philo subscription for the next year. That's a $60 savings for one year. And uh, I got to do a lot of hoops jumping to make it happen, but I'm going to do that. When I was working, I wouldn't even have bothered. No, no, but yeah. You can find a bargain somewhere else for that $60. That's exactly how I look at yeah. it now. Yeah. Before... When I was working, I'd be like, I'll just yeah. pay that 60 bucks. I don't care. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. not worth it's my $5 time. $5 a month. Yeah, exactly. So that was, you know, another thing I noticed is my, like right now I'm sitting here in a pair of sweatpants and a, and a long sleeve t-shirt. That's my daily attire. And I'm wearing Crocs because that's what we do. Yeah. Um I haven't, I, we did go out earlier today and I wore a button down shirt. So work clothes are out and sweatpants and comfortable clothing yeah. is in. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, part of that started too with the, the pandemic, I'm sure, when you were home. Mm -hmm. so, well, I don't I want to put, but I, I feel like I, I, I didn't get dressed up to go to work anyway. Well, time. not everybody gets but, to be a gym teacher. Exactly. So they want to be, but they don't get to. No. So, like, yeah, my attire is tennis shoes and flip-flops, pretty much. Shorts, I feel like I gave up. I mean, the way I yeah. dress is like I gave up. Yeah. And I have. Yeah. But you still have clothes that you, if you need to look good, you can look good. They don't fit as much, because <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> Comfort is important, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what... You mentioned the pandemic, and you had retired just before it, like two years before. How did that? Yeah. You thinking, man, I had a free pass, or did you think about no, that at all? Yeah. I didn't because I would hear teachers grumbling about, oh, got to do this online, and, you know, grumbling about it. I just thought, you know, I am not very tech savvy. I don't know what the heck I would have done if I was having to teach online zoom classes i i just was so grateful that i was out at that point so timing was good for you 
It was good for me. Yeah. Here's something that drives me crazy. Not drives me crazy. Here's something I noticed that's odd. People will call me or text me or email me and I'll tell them, Hey, I'm in Texas or, or I'm in Kansas yeah, city. Yeah. I'll, I'll get yeah. back with you and say, Oh, sorry. Uh, why don't you just go ahead and answer me when you get back from vacation? Uh, not on vacation. This is my life now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I retired. Vacations literally are taking off from work. That's what vacation means. Exactly. I, I can't yeah. take off. I don't work. Well, here's the beauty of it too, Rock, retiring. You know, where you used to vacation in the summer, where you could be off and your kids were off and you could travel. Now you can just get up and go anytime you want. And, and things are, the hotels and accommodations are cheaper off season. There's less people it, to deal with. It's, it's just easier and more pleasant to vacation. Like I know teachers, they retired and they're like, oh, I'm staying home in the summer. But as soon as school starts, I'm hitting the road and, and going to go vacation. And that's the beauty of retirement there. That's a good one. You know, I think people that, um, be, as you alluded to earlier, the pandemic kind of changed things. People that are working from home now, they're doing that too. They're traveling yeah. during what would be an off season. That is true. It's cheaper and yeah, less people to deal with. Here's my other observation while oh, you're looking yeah. of retirement. You know, you're just not in a hurry to do stuff. Like, you know, I try to do something productive every day, but if I don't, eh, that's okay. And if I don't do the laundry today, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, it's just, there's no hurry. There's no, it's just, you know, yeah, whatever. And then like when I get in the car with Boomer, he's always in a hurry to get somewhere because he's still working. And I just think, oh my God. So you really notice things slowing down is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, very much so. And then I think back and I think, how did I work full time and coach after school and grocery shop and clean the house and take the kid, you know, do, 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 how do you do that? And how, there's not enough time in the day to do it all, but I did it all. And I look back on it now and I think, how did I do that? How, how, you know, because how now it's like, I just took a three hour lunch and sat there and talked and was not in any hurry and. Well, I know we had that question when I was down visiting you not very long ago. We, we'd make plans for what we were going to do during the day, and I'm going to circle back to that. But at the end of the day, we didn't get everything done, and we just looked at each other and go, there's oh, not enough there. time. <laughs> there's hey, we'll not enough time. tomorrow. There's still tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. There's not enough time to do everything I want to do, exactly. and, and I'm not doing anything. Now, going back, right? And, and me, when I said that, it made me think of it. It's like my whole day plans around food. At night, I'm figuring out what's for breakfast the next yeah. morning. Yeah. As mm -hmm. breakfast is over, we're starting to talk about what's going to be for lunch. How's that going to go down? And in the afternoon, I'm working on dinner. Yeah, that's exactly what happened at lunch today. We went down the street, and Boomer was trying to figure out what he was going to eat for lunch. Because whatever he ate for lunch was going to determine what he ordered because we went for lunch and dinner. And he's like, well, I can't eat big now because I was like, oh, my God, you could be retired. You're just thinking about your next meal and you haven't even finished this meal yet. And he's like, There's a lot of planning going on in there. And there sure is. There really is.
All right, let me let me throw a couple of questions out at you about retirement and see what your answers are. Okay. An activity people you're, you've in your experience commonly take up after retirement. Taking a two or three hour lunch and just sitting and chatting. Because nobody gets to do that. Does that count for an activity? That's an activity, yes. That's an activity, okay. I happen to know that you've taken up a uh, physical activity recently. Well, I'm not real regularly these last couple of weeks, but pickleball is, it's a big thing down here. Uh, I think it's a big thing everywhere because a lot of winter Texans come down here and they, they're just, that's all they want to do is play pickleball. I, I think I told you this, Bob Robidoux, who was the chairman of the PE department at Oakville High School, one of the best PE teachers I ever saw. When we had a great staff there, he was so creative in the curriculum. And I'm going back to the 90s here. He implemented pickleball into the PE curriculum back in the 90s. And everybody that was aware of that, we just, we just look at each other and go, what the heck is pickleball? What is this? This guy's nuts. <laughs> And now you're like, God almighty, if we'd have just realized it, we could have been ahead of it and made millions of dollars yeah. off of equipment. And, yeah. The guy's a genius. Yeah. Now, he really uh, is, yeah. Okay, name an activity. It can't be re two-hour lunches and it can't be pickleball. Name an activity that's associated with retired people. Anywhere, that. I won't limit you geographically. Retired people down here, you know, they'll happy hour, man. They know where the bargain, you know, this is this is taco day here and this is what you know, they know what restaurants are having what specials and They're sitting around drinking bush light in happy hour. They know how to have fun, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you one more question. So for people that aren't retired yet, name something that they think they'll be able to do once they've retired, but they could be wrong. Oh, I had a whole list. This was my bucket list retirement list. You know, and it was things like clean up the closets, clean up the cabinets in the kitchen, organize the family pictures. That's never going to happen, that one. It's just all in a bin, and it's going to be in a bin 20 years from now. But for me... Uh, cleaning out the garage. We've been trying to clean out the garage, and it's and you can't it's get, on the list, but you haven't got to it yet. Maybe this is the year. I'm thinking. Well, I wish you luck on that one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know those little chores that you all along are like, I don't have time for this. I'm gonna get busy with something else. I don't know what. Three hour pickleball and pickleball. pickleball. Yeah, yeah, that's a distraction. <laughs> There's just not enough time in a day. No, there's not. There really isn't. Sandy, right. thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Now, no there, all right, there you go. Unretired people, people that are still working. Something now, to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Everybody needs to try it at least once in their life, being oh, retired. Yeah. Now you know what it's like. All right, everybody, gather around. Time for Coach's Pep Talk. Happiness doesn't happen accidentally. It's a quest. It's a goal. It's a journey. We have to work for happiness. All those feelings that are opposite, whether they're dread, dreariness, depression, sadness, 
all those opposite feelings to happiness, they come really easy. We have to keep those feelings away by focusing in on happiness and working towards it. It's really a mindset. And that's one of the segments I like to do on the podcast every week. Talk about the mindset for happiness. Not because I'm some kind of super happy person. I'm not. I get as grumpy as anybody else, maybe more so. And I don't know anything that anybody else doesn't already know. Problem is, you haven't got time to think about it. Life is overwhelming you, and you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to keep your head above water. If you could stop and think about it, you'd come up with the same things that I'm talking about. So what am I doing here? I'm trying to save you time and help you develop that mindset for happiness. To be happy with our lot in life, our personal circumstances, we have to be happy with ourselves first and foremost. So on that premise... Character really does matter, and it matters a lot. Maybe it's karma, or maybe it's that magnetic attraction of some kind that people are drawn to when someone possesses high character. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but focusing on our own character ultimately makes us happy. Last episode, I discussed honesty as one of the four pillars to our character This episode, I'm coming to the second one. I told you earlier what the four were. Number two is loyalty. Former U.S. President Woodrow Wilson had a great quote on loyalty. He pointed out, Loyalty means nothing unless it has at its heart the absolute principle of self-sacrifice. So I love that quote, and it really brings into, for me, to a sharp focus how our happiness is affected by our own sacrifice. Exactly how does that happen? Wouldn't I be most happy with other people making sacrifices for me? Sure, maybe initially, but that isn't the foundation of true happiness. Being the recipient of other people's sacrifices is a hollow kind of happiness. It doesn't last And it isn't genuine. When we are loyal to a cause, to a person, an organization maybe, others see that and want to emulate. They want to be like us. That really is the first step in effective leadership, isn't it? Sacrificing for others. It's a demonstration of your loyalty as the leader. That's a quality that I've seen all effective leaders possess. Loyalty is the first quality an employer, a boss, or a coach might look for in an employee or a player. Heck, it's the premier quality we all look for in our personal relationships. It's the number one reason a relationship fails. Most often, that is, it's the lack of loyalty. You can have a lot of talent, and you can be super lucky. But without demonstrated loyalty, people aren't going to want you around for very long. And having a lot of admirers around, people that want to be your friends, people that care about you, people that love you, that's the kind of thing that can make even the grumpiest of people happy. Lots of friends, many, many solid relationships, people around you that genuinely care about you. And they will. They will when you have demonstrated how loyal you are to them. A mindset for happiness 
really requires us to make the kinds of sacrifices to others that demonstrate our loyalty. So for this week, I'm going to focus on loyalty and I'm going to focus on sacrifice. Maybe I'm sacrificing things that I want, but my sacrifices are going to be to help improve somebody else's position in life, somebody else's condition. Whether it's time, treasure, or talent, my sacrifices for other people will ultimately make me happier. That's something I think we can all work on. Yay! So who's ready to play Engage Your Brain? I am. Sandy is. Sandy stuck around to play with us. We're going to use the topic of the day, retirement, as the um, platform to do our weekly five trivia questions. So I've got two questions that are about retired people and three questions that us old people probably know and you young people don't know. So we'll give that a whirl, see how Sandy does. Sandy, you know how important engaging your brain is when you're retired. I mean, when you're working, you are doing something all the time every day that requires you to think and plan and use strategy and keeps your brain active. One of the big knocks on retirement is people uh, get away from that. They don't do that anymore. The social thing, you got covered. You're getting A pluses on being social. And that's that's a second thing that is kind of a knock on retirement. I mean, I hate to put you on the spot. Are you a uh, engage your brain person daily? Uh, not daily, but I should. I do Wordle, but you know, Wordle. it's just one little puzzle. That I don't, yeah, I should do that more often. Well, if you're doing Wordle, that, that definitely qualifies. Five trivia questions won't keep age-related memory loss away from you, but it serves as a reminder that that's something we need to do. So that's what it we're going to do. First question. This one's pretty easy. I think most everybody will get this. What is the largest organization for older Americans? You are. AARP. You nailed it. The American Association of Retired Person is the largest, or, to my knowledge, the only organization specifically yeah, I don't for know many others. All right. Second question. Again, a retired people question. World Seniors Championship. So there's a tournament called the World Seniors Championship. It is an invitational, and it's seniors, as in 65 and over only. What sport is it? World Seniors Championship. This this is a hard one, a really hard one. So it's not something like pickleball. I'm going to say it's like uh, some sort of card game or dominoes or something like that. That is a superb guess. Oh, well, it's it's snooker, which is like billiards, I guess. I don't never played. Oh, okay. Snooker. That's a little more active. You got to get up and move around a table. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Three more questions for you. And these are from questions like back in the day. They were a big deal in our lives or near when we were alive. The first question has to do with 1955, which you weren't born yet. I wasn't born yet. But this incident is something that uh, really shaped the world that we grew up in. So you're going to probably know the answer. 
Who was the woman who refused to give up her seat on a bus in Montgomery, oh, Alabama? Yeah, Rosa Parks. That's right, Rosa Parks. And I, I hope that kids nowadays, you know, 60 years later, se- almost 70 years later, remember that or know that. I, I, I'm afraid they may not because there's been so much in the civil rights movement since then. This yeah. was kind of the kickoff. This is what got things going and Martin Luther King got involved and all that. So that, that yeah. really shaped our world growing up. Yeah, it really did. Huh. Okay. Another similar question. It kind of changed the world. You were alive. I was 10 years old. In what year did the Woodstock Music Festival take place? Oh, wow. I was just watching a documentary on Netflix. Another oh, thing old people do. It, it was like, yeah, all right. Got plenty of time <laughs> to binge. Uh, was it 1968? Or was it Very close. Give you a half point. It was 1969. Oh, okay. So much happened in 1969. That was the Tet Offensive in South Vietnam, kind of the beginning of the end for the war there. 69 was was a very um, tumultuous year for political movements and civil rights and all that. All right, we're going to give you one more. Let's go out a winner. Okay. You were in high school at this point. It was 1977. You were a youngster still. But yeah, you may yeah. you should you should probably know the answer to this one. Right. A movie was released in 1977 called Saturday Night Fever. Oh, what yeah. dance genre was featured in that 1977 release of the movie Saturday Night Fever? That would be disco. It would be disco. All right, you're going out a winner. Hey, bonus question: Who okay. was starring in that movie? That was John Travolta. Nope. It wasn't. I don't remember who played the female lead. Uh, I'm sure she probably became famous, but you're right. He overshadowed everything. Yeah. The dude could dance, man. What was the soundtrack? Do you remember who was the uh, primary? The Bee Gees. The Bee Gees, yeah. Barry Gibb and the Bee Gees. Barry Gibb, laser suits and, oh, yeah. The white disco suit. Yeah, good stuff. Disco did not last long. No, and it never came back for a reason, too. Don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things that had to go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That is Engage Your Brain. I appreciate you taking it play with us. And don't forget, Sandy and everybody else, make sure you do something every day that causes you to engage your brain. Well, I got a funny thing to tell you about. Happened in a bathroom. Okay, just hang in there. Bear with me. This will make sense. Women, I think your restrooms, public restrooms, are different than men's. Yes, they're cleaner and definitely more sanitary, but that's not what I mean. They don't have the decorations in a women's bathroom that they would have in a men's. For example, I recently went into a public bathroom. Hanging on the wall was a sign with... It was titled, 18 Thoughts to Think About, and they all had to do with toilets. So I snapped a picture thinking the people that listen to my podcast will love this. This is some funny stuff. So here's 18 thoughts to think about when you're in the bathroom. Number one, most toilets flush 
in the key of E flat. I cannot confirm that. I didn't make this up. Uh, it would be believable. Not being musically inclined, I don't really know what E flat is. But music people, when you go into the bathroom next time and you flush the toilet, see if you think that's an E flat, whatever that might be. The average life expectancy of a toilet is, get this, 50 years. That's a long time. I'm, I'm impressed. 72% of people place their toilet paper to be pulled from the top of the roll rather than under the roll. So that's two-thirds of the people pull from the top instead of pulling from the bottom. I'm sure a lot of marriages have crumbled over this discussion. It doesn't say one's right or the other one's right. It just says that most people pull from the top rather than from under. So whenever you put that toilet paper roll on there, if you're fixing it so it can be pulled from the top, you're in the majority. And I do that, so majority rules. The average person visits the toilet 2,500 times a year. That's about six to eight times a day. I am way over average on this one. It's great to be above average, I can tell you that, but just not on this topic. 70% of house guests snoop in other people's medicine cabinets and drawers. So when you have people over and they're going in the bathroom, they're going through your medicine cabinet and your drawer, about 70% of them are. I believe that. I don't, but I believe people do. Okay, so fellas, when we go into a public bathroom that has multiple urinals, the very first one that you get to is the one that is the least used, and it is consequentially the cleanest. So if cleanliness is your goal, use the first toilet when there's a bunch of them in a row. Toilets are flushed more times during the Super Bowl halftime than any other time in the year. I've heard that before, and I believe it, because nobody wants to miss the football game anymore, the halftime show. You don't want to miss that either. There is a holiday for toilets, the World Toilet Day, and we just recently celebrated that. I missed it. I wasn't aware. November 19th is World Toilet Day. Darn it. I missed that one. I guess we can flush that holiday down the toilet for me. All right. People use about 57 sheets of toilet paper every day. I got nothing on that one. 57 sheets of toilet paper every day. Doesn't sound too dramatic. And it's not too bad. On a ship, the toilet is called a head. I knew that. If you're on a ship and you have to go to the bathroom, you tell them you want to go to the head. No reason why. Again, I don't know why. 40,000 Americans are injured by toilets every year. Let me say that again. 40,000 Americans are injured by toilets every year. And I'm going to guess they were either old seniors or they were drunk and missed it that those two things that's probably why 40,000 Americans are injured by toilets every year one-third of Americans flush the toilet while sitting on it so 33 percent of people flush the toilet while sitting on it no I don't do that seven million people have dropped their cell phones in a toilet that seems crazy. I can believe a lot of people, but 7 million people dropping their cell phones in the toilet? That seems extreme. In Cuba, 
you have to bring your own toilet paper. Yeah, and in Russia, when I was there, you had to buy toilet paper. So you'd walk in, and there'd be somebody sitting in a stool selling toilet paper at the bathroom. That's a true story. Almost half of India goes without toilets. Good God, what are they doing? And that's a lot of people. There's like a billion people in India. That's a lot of people without toilets. Poor people. The first time a toilet was ever seen on television was on a television show. Who knows? Take a guess. It's from the 60s. Wally was his brother. It was the Cleavers. Walter, Wally, June, Beaver. That's right. The first time a toilet was ever seen on television was on Leave It to Beaver. Toilet paper wasn't invented until the 1800s. What were they doing before that? Uh, it's just disgusting. I don't even think about it. And the last bit of toilet trivia. When it comes to toilet paper, women are normally grabbers and waters where men are folders. I'm in a big hurry to get done with it. I don't know if I fold or crumple it up, but I'm going to start paying attention. There you go. Toilet trivia. That was kind of fun. Well, there's that sound that lets us know this old man has got to go. Had a good time today? Loyalty. That was a great topic. And it's an important topic for anybody that wants to really be happy. Makes me think of you guys, my loyal listeners of the Old Man's Podcast. I sure do appreciate your loyalty. And I hope you believe the time that you sacrifice to listen to my podcast is worth it. And I really, really do appreciate it. It makes me happy. I hope it makes you happy. But hey, why stop there? I'd be grateful if you could find your way to please pass on this podcast. Pass it on to everybody you know. And if you can follow me on Facebook, The Old Man's Podcast has a page on Facebook called The Old Man's Podcast page. Find it. Like it. That'd be great. Instagram is The Old Man's Adventures. Twitter is The Old Man Tweet One. And a fantastic looking website I've been working on. It looks pretty good. Check it out. You go to PodPage, do a Google search for PodPage, and on PodPage you can find my particular site, which is the Old Man's Podcast, of course, on PodPage. Folks, be safe out there. I need you to come back next week. And in the meantime, be loyal, be loving, and live boldly. Get off my grass, damn kids.